0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another Mercado Commodity Update. This week we will be covering off on grains, livestock and wool. As always, if you could do us a favour and leave a review for us on iTunes if you enjoyed what we listened to, which I'm sure you have, or even just a simple rating, it only takes one second. And as always, if you could share it with your friends and colleagues and uh, have a great weekend. And when we come back next week, we might have a new Prime Minister or we might have an existing one. Who knows? going to start off with grains so we'll just jump straight into it it's been a very interesting time this week actually we had um, australia's first permit for the import of whole grains since back in 2007 this permit has been provided to manildra who's a flour miller in new south wales and this is for the import of high protein wheat from canada into new south wales there's been a lot of uh, a lot of interest about this is a lot of farmers are concerned that, well, it's a biosecurity risk, but it's also a potential financial risk. If, if it allows for uh, grains to be imported in the future, that could potentially depress prices. Interestingly enough, that hasn't really happened. We've actually seen prices rising considerably since that permit was introduced. So we had prices, you know, around about uh, 300 and well below 300. And now they're back up to 313 on ASX for January next year. Large a lot of this is off the back of overseas now as well. So overseas we've seen the seabot futures rally from about two thirty five last Friday up to what two fifty one today. And that's largely off the back of concerns that planting is going to be delayed by a lot of the issues that they're having with the, the wet weather. Things can change very quickly as we as we know in markets and that's that's provided some good value for producers that wasn't there previously. But overall, the prices are, you know, on on the international level, they are still relatively low and things are still looking, you know, promising. But uh, it's all all really a case of locally, let's let's hope we get some rain so we produce something. And uh, largely, I don't think this particular vessel from Manildra is actually going to have much impact upon our prices. It's probably just too late in the day. And I think it's not going to make them drive upwards or downwards. If it had been done, uh, you know, back in November, December, I think it would have had a bigger impact, but now it's all over for last year, really. So I'm going to pass you off to Matt, who will cover off on cattle and sheep.
1: Uh, Thanks for that, Andrew. Uh, So this week in cattle markets, we took another look at the female slaughter ratio. It's something we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Um, The March figures from the ABS just got released uh, uh, this week, and... um, It showed another uh, significant climb in the uh, female slaughter ratio. It's up to 58.1% for the month of March. Uh, That's the highest on record, clearly. Uh, And so it's pushed the annual figure to 54.4%, again, uh, at record levels. Uh, So showing that the destocking of the herd is persisting. Um, and we did some analysis this week on Mercado just looking at the relationship between that uh, female slaughter ratio and the behaviour of restockers at the sale yard because there is a bit of a a relationship that exists between those two stats Uh, and we can use the restocker spread uh, to determine what the behaviour of restockers is at the sale yard and and that flows through uh, to give us a bit of a a preliminary forecast for the female uh, slaughter ratio in the next coming months and it does show that um, our modelling uh, indicates the female slaughter ratio might start to turn in the next month or so and start to head down again. Uh, and when you look at the long-term trend for that female slaughter ratio and and uh, place it up against the, uh, the long-term trend for the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator, we do see that uh, at times when that female slaughter ratio peaks uh, has coincided quite closely with... Um, the times when the young cattle market has bottomed out uh, in terms of prices. So um, if we keep getting the kind of rain we've been seeing across the eastern seaboard and and we get a reasonable enough uh, winter event uh, and then the forecast into next year starts to look reasonably promising, uh, that's going to be a significant incentive for restockers to get very active and for breeding stock to be uh, withheld again. Uh, So we'll see that female slaughter ratio come off and uh, obviously young cattle prices and breeding stock uh, rally significantly. Uh, Moving across to sheep and lamb, uh, the focus we had a look at was um, in regards to exports uh, for the month and again some very strong numbers, uh, particularly for mutton going out of Australia and into China and that's helping to support uh, prices at the sale yard, indeed at the local sale yard here at Ballarat this week. Uh, for export lambs there was a record made or a victorian record of 300 a head for the heavy export lamb uh, so that's just indicative of even though supply still remains reasonably high in terms of yarding for sheep across the eastern seaboard and for um, a slaughter for lamb uh, that um, the uh, the prices are holding very firm uh, in the face of that strong supply uh, and so you know what it does paint a picture is into the next few weeks we're going to see uh, supply start to dwindle as we head to Towards winter, uh, and uh, it's going to mean that if demand stays as strong as what it is, particularly overseas, that um, it's only going to be upside for uh, for sheep and lamb prices, and uh, we could see some records uh, broken this year for the peak uh, in those in those markets, uh, be it lamb or be it mutton. Uh, and that's uh, the wrap for this week. Thanks, Andrew.
0: Thanks, Matt. And now on to the wool market with Olivia, who's going to provide us a short update.
2: Yeah, thanks very much, Andrew. Now, unfortunately, the story for the wool market this week isn't a good one for those that have been trying to sell wool. On the first day of sale, we saw dramatic falls right from the outset and even the second day, that marker report's been splashed in red. And no micron or selling centre was safe either. We saw fine wools and even the crossbred wools, which have been on highs and highs over the last few weeks, they weren't enough to escape the falls of the market this week. If we look back to where the market was in August last year when it was at record highs compared to where it is now, that's 11% drop in the eastern market indicator, which is pretty significant. And it's clear that growers aren't happy with the price being at these levels. On Thursday, we saw 25.6% of wool that came to auction got passed in. And while we have seen some high pass in rates over the cu- last couple of weeks, it hasn't been since October last year when we came off those record high prices in August that we've seen pass in rates close to 25%. Another piece that'll be interesting to watch play out is the activity of Chinese buyers. So there have been reports that over the last couple of weeks, Chinese buyers have been pretty hesitant and taking a cautious approach to the market. Now, last Thursday, the Chinese ban on South African wool and sheepskin imports was lifted. They had a, South Africa had a, a ban put in place because of an FMD br- outbreak in January this year, which has been now lifted. No doubt South Africa is sitting on a bit of a stockpile of wool at the moment, which will be coming forward to the market. So it'll be interesting to see whether Chinese buyers are taking a cautious approach to buying this wool or whether we'll see um, the impact of that stockpile come forward to the market play out on Australian prices